Welcome to the Jamila Adams Experience Podcast. It's a place and a space for women over 40 to be inspired, encouraged, and heard. Your host, Jamila Adams, will talk about how life be lifing and how to find joy when overcoming challenges. You're invited to join the experience. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining this week's episode. I'm so honored to have another guest for you. For me to share with you this week and I really want you to like lean in and listen to her because what she's going to say will be inspiring and I hope encouraging for all of us who's gone through some setbacks both physically mentally and are trying to get through it and push through it and find that there will be something for you on the other side I believe that all of us in some way shape or form are champions for ourselves and for others. So when we go through things, it's good for us to know that we're not alone. So with that being said, I would like to introduce Kimra here. She's a health coach that went from a wheelchair to a weightlifting podium. And she's going to give us insights on how to do better for ourselves as far as weight training and things of that nature. So with that being said, Kim, take it away. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here, Jamila. Um, Yes, so I'm now very happy to call myself a health coach and and work with women in in midlife mostly. Um, And I'm particularly happy because I have not always um, been in a position to train. Um, I actually had a quite unpleasant experience and that was, it started all exactly 15 years ago. It seems such a long time now um, when I was looking after my three kids, working a full-time job. And then all of a sudden, uh, from one day to the next, I was struck down by an autoimmune disease. It took them a long time to find out what it was. With hindsight, I say autoimmune disease. At the time, I was just seeing double and my legs were getting paralyzed progressively. And I spent six weeks in the hospital. Um, And it was a very scary time. Um, Turns out it was a one-off autoimmune thing which was not the end of my journey with that kind of disease but um, something that I want to share right away is that I am today very grateful for this experience because it totally changed my outlook on life Um, all the things that you get so worked up about especially when you have small kids and my kids at the time were quite small I think my oldest was 10 and I have three of them Wow. Um, wow. All the things that you think will mean the end of the world if they do not get done by 6 p.m., right. um, they don't matter anymore. Right. And it is scary and terrifying when you are out of the equation from one day to the next. And that was literally my case. From one day to the next, I was gone. And then I noticed the world didn't stop. Right. I was, I was in a way dispendable, mm-hmm. which is, um, it sounds horrible, but it puts everything in perspective. And I talk to so many women who struggle and who, who carry a heavy burden because they are in charge of everything mm-hmm. in, in their lives, the people around them, the, the, the people around them and their lives. And they feel such a burden of responsibility and they fear that nobody else can take on that charge. Right. 
And I learned the hard way from one day to the next. Um, you know, when you're gone, things go on. And it's humbling, mm -hmm. but I think it's also liberating. Right. Because it takes a little bit of that burden off your shoulders when you find out. And I found out that people were there to help help me. My mom came. She looked after my kids. Mm -hmm. My husband, who had an extremely busy job, he came to the hospital every single day. And when you experience that, people are actually there for you and you do not have to do everything. You can also um, be out of the equation. Um, I, I felt that was liberating and it changed my my whole outlook on life. Right. So it's always good to ask for help. So I'm assuming that's what you did. You basically said, hey, look, I'm struggling right now. Can you please help me and step in? And what's interesting is that as women, I find at least most of the women I spoke speak to is that we are meant in our minds we are meant to carry everything and not ask for help because it's supposed to be a sign of weakness. But it's I think honestly it's a sign of weakness when we don't ask for help, you know, and when we have to say, I can't do this on my own, please somebody help me. That right there to me shows strength. Because in our vulnerability. We have to show strength and just say, hey, look, I can't do this on my own. So I'm very glad that you were able to do that, to ask for help. So with that being said, how long, you said that this happened 15 years ago. So how long did it take for you to get back to where you are now and obviously rise above? It was a bit of a rocky road. Um, so I got out of hospital one day before Christmas. Also an interesting experience because I hadn't bought the tree. I hadn't decorated the tree. I hadn't bought the gifts. Everything had happened without me. Um, and I was in a wheelchair because my legs were still paralyzed. Um, then over the weeks, I could walk with crutches. And it took about six months until mm -hmm. I could walk normally again. The sensation in my legs was still weird, but I could walk. <clears throat> and then I had to get transfusions. Okay. for two years at least that's what they thought that's the thing with these autoimmune diseases you don't really know what's going on so just to be safe I had right. to go to the hospital once a month got transfusions and after two years my doc told me that I was stable and that he thought I didn't need those transfusions anymore okay good uh, yeah I called my husband right away we both <laughs> cried uh, because it was like you know getting a second shot at life Getting a Absolutely. second life. Absolutely. Um, and then we moved again because we moved around a lot with the three kids. Uh, right. We moved from Germany to France. And I think we'd been in France just a few months when I felt my left hand going numb. Okay. And I knew something was wrong again. And then after a battery of tests, they said that this was nothing like what I had before. Right. But that this was a first episode of, of MS, of multiple sclerosis. Oh um, so my second life that had been given to me was sort of taken away from me again. And that was shattering right. when you get your hopes up and you think, now I'm finally, you know, you've, you want to feel like a normal person again and, uh, and, and not go to hospitals. And then it's back to square one. That that was a very tough time. And then MS is really scary because you have no idea where it leads you. Um, and then they said, this is the first episode. And for it to be fully declared MS, 
uh, there has to be a second episode. So right. I told myself, oh, that's not going to happen. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Right. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And I was fine for a year. And then I remember like it was yesterday. I was in my bedroom and I was doing a weird yoga pose and I mm-hmm. felt a uh, tingling in my back. And I, and I knew right away right. that that wasn't good. Yeah. So more tests. I was officially declared an MS patient and I had to get treatment for life, which scared the living daylights out of me. Because first of all, you know, it's treatment for life, injecting yourself three times a week. It's no fun. Mm -hmm. And then also you will never be quite sure about where your body is at. If you're feeling okay and good, is it because maybe you got better or is it just because of the treatment? Right. You will never know. Mm-hmm. So there is this, the the decision to get the treatment is like a one-off and then you don't have any more agency Then it's done. You cannot ch- change that. Right. That's what I, that's what I thought at the time. That's why I also fought with the doc for an hour because I didn't want the treatment and he was very patient up to a point. And then he got a little bit impatient and I said, well, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to get the treatment. Right. And that was quite unpleasant because, you know, injecting yourself, the injection sites get, get sore, right. you get side effects like flu symptoms. Mm-hmm. But I did it. We moved again. Mm-hmm. I found myself a new doc and right. he prescribed the same treatment because that was standard. But in the meantime, I had started to train for strength. I went to the gym mm-hmm. and I lifted weights. And my physical state had completely changed. I was so strong. I was so fit. So the new doctor, he looked at me and said, well, you are looking great. Yeah, right. I'm going to prescribe this thing, but thank God you are fine. Right, right. So I took the treatment for two more years. And I was always getting better and getting stronger. I mean, I'm today I'm 60 and I can honestly say I'm the strongest I have ever been. That's awesome. Yes. Congrats. Congrats. <laughs> and it feels so good. So, and then we, it was, um, I remember this, this was for the summer holidays. We wanted to take the kids to Canada for, on a mm-hmm. camping trip. Right. So I thought, I don't want to travel with an injection kit. Mm-hmm. and inject myself on a camping site that's that does it didn't feel right so i asked the doctor um would it be okay to suspend the treatment for a few weeks while i'm traveling mm-hmm. and then he said you know what how about you try and stop it altogether uh, if you don't want to do that i'm i will support you but mm-hmm. if you want to try and stop it um i'll support you too Hell yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I I wanted to stop. It was so tedious and so painful, like literally painful with the flu symptoms and everything. Right. And and then he shared with me, and this is something where I think I got really lucky because Mm -hmm. I found this doctor Mm -hmm. who is very up to date, going to conventions and congresses and reading up on the on the subject. And then he told me. Right now, we're actually not so sure anymore that this treatment is actually effective. Oh, so wow. Wow. He, took, he took that thing away and 
I called my husband again. So I'm mm-hmm. going to stop We're stopping the treatment. We're crying again on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I got another shot at mm-hmm. life, right? That was yeah. so, that was one of the most intense mo- moments um, of my life. And then that was six years ago. Okay. And All right. I've been without treatment and without any symptoms um, ever since. So, wow. yeah, I am... I'm incredibly grateful and I am it's I think it's important to say this I'm not pretending that you can heal MS by becoming physically strong right but okay what, but, but what you can do is you can improve your overall health in mm-hmm. a big way and I am now getting to a point also watching my clients train and get stronger mm-hmm. where I think that the effect of strength training on mental health might mm-hmm. be the the biggest one actually right. yeah because i believe when you feel good physically it does affect your mental health it really is the byproduct of it and the more we get into exercising the more we train the more we lift or walk or whatever type of exercise that makes you feel good and you find the result you 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 feel better it's almost well, it is kind of like that dopamine kick. It's just one of those things that helps you maintain. And I personally, I love this because I'm getting back into working out again. I did take a pause because of everything that was happening um, in my home life. So it allowed me to get back in the swing of things. Now, because I have my dogs, my four-legged kids, I take them out for their walks and they're not small dogs. So I'm physically pulling, trying yes. to to hold <laughs> them back because the one dog I know weighs at least 95 to 100 pounds at least. Wow. Yeah. And so- That's I a have, workout. It is a workout. <laughs> it is a complete workout. And so that brings me peace to go out and walk and- I do my yoga, I do my meditation, but and it just makes me feel so grounded. So how does that with weight training, how does that help you feel grounded? What do you go in like in a I won't say a meditative state, but like you know that I'm going in here, I'm going to do my workout. But while you're doing it, does it like transform you in some way, shape, or form mentally? Um you need excellent excellent focus because um over the, over the years, I've switched to Olympic weightlifting, which is like two very specific techniques, and they are they they require your entire focus. It's not just about the strength, but it's actually about you know the 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 path of the bar. It has to move close to your body, and you have to do certain movements like quite rapidly. So it's really, especially when you're not twenty anymore, it's it's okay. challenging. Yes. Um. So you have this. You need this full focus to do this, and that. Everything else is crowded out, mm-hmm. so it there is it's a, it's an interesting thought um, because I never described it as meditative before. But you're right; it's it's you it's a bit like tunnel vision, and you mm-hmm. really have to focus on just that one thing because otherwise um, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also another thing, and, and it's like strength training is literally overcoming resistance. Right, so you are teaching your brain that you know to overcome resistance and then the experience that you can overcome resistance right. and i think that carries over 
to other situations in life, it gives you some kind of confidence. Mm -hmm. It's not a conscious process where you say, oh my God, I lifted, I deadlifted 90 kilos and now I can sort of have this difficult conversation with my boss. Right. I think it's, it's, <laughs> I think it's like subconscious. You, you just feel more powerful and you believe more in yourself and mm -hmm. you have more confidence also physically you know you carry yourself differently right. you you move differently um my favorite moments is when a delivery guy brings like a i don't know a big box full of vegetables and he tells me careful this is heavy and then i just give him a big smile and grab the box <laughs> um i know it's a bit childish but i love those moments <laughs> Um, I think and, we all do. <laughs> like, yeah. watch me, watch me, <laughs> watch me. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I do think that um, there's such a variety of effects. Actually, the one that you you mentioned is is quite quite interesting. Actually, that because the focus, I think it does train your mind also in the focus. Right. Um, and then this feeling, feeling stronger, sta standing tall. Um, and learning to you know to overcome challenges and and challenge yourself and when you compete it's you know it's even you know up one notch because you have to perform at you know at a precise if you, I, I mean you have a countdown of 60 seconds so there's like a 60 second time window in which you have to do your thing right so you can't say on a good day I can lift so many kilos or yesterday I lifted so many kilos. No, it's now, you know, they call your name and you go out there and that's when you have to do it. And it's like, it's like a school of life too, because, you know, sometimes you make the lift and sometimes you don't. Mm -hmm. And then you, you learn to live and live with and learn from, you know, that failed lift. And I think that's also an important experience to, mm -hmm. to it's, like vaguely similar to my experience with being in the hospital it's you know some things can go wrong mm -hmm. but the world won't stop uh, and you'll still be okay right right so when you do your competitions because I understand that you have the European Masters weightlifting championship coming up in June um, how do you prepare yourself along not only with that but I you have clients that you work with correct so how do you balance that your 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 well-being your competition along with helping your clients how is that even how do you make that possible i have a very clear schedule mm -hmm. so i train three times a week and that takes close to half a day actually because i have to travel to the gym mm -hmm. um the training is uh, anywhere between one and a half and two hours um and that time is It's for my training only. It's okay. that focus that we talked about. Mm -hmm. um, and then the rest of my day, you know, is, is for living and for looking after my clients. And since I work online, mm -hmm. um, I can be in touch with them. Uh, so when I go for a trip to a competition, I, I can still talk to them. We're still in touch. Um, that's not the time when I design their workouts or put together their eating plans or something. And then um, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one calls also with my clients. And, you know, they are always happy to, 
to schedule them in a way that helps me if I need to travel. I don't travel all the time for competitions either. Right. Um, but I think this is something to do with uh, having a, a clear schedule. And in a way, it's also, I'm I'm modeling this for my clients. You know, they mm. know that on these three days, I'll be out at a certain hour and I won't be back before a, a certain hour. And they can do the same in right. their lives, because so so many women struggle to to set that priority and say, okay, I'm going to exercise on that mm-hmm. day at that time. Right. Um, then they you know keep pushing it off, or some you know something always happens. It's not because right. they are they're lazy or they don't want to do it. It's because something always happens. Right. Right. And and, and something will always happen in 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 life. Yes. And so. I I sort of want to show them also that you can if you if you put it into your schedule and it's clear to everyone around you that mm-hmm. this is when you are exercising or this is when you are walking your dogs mm-hmm. or this is when you want to do your meditation um you will feel much better doing it and mm-hmm. actually the people around you they will respect you for it mm-hmm. they will understand and I think we have this this misconception sometimes that they, the people around us, our loved ones, our families and friends, that they expect us to be at their beck and call every time. But if we tell them, you know, this is my workout day or this is mm-hmm. my whatever it is, this is my go to the cinema day, but like setting clear boundaries, yes. I think they like that. I think yes. they respect us for that. Yes. Um, so... This is something that I'm 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 very clear on, and and it works very well. Good, good. So, you know, setting up boundaries not only with clients but with family as well is one of those things that we have to make sure that those boundaries are in place and not rescind on them. The moment we start, oh well, I'm not working out today, people will not take you so serious because you're not taking it serious. So I totally get that. I I I've I've been victim to that myself so I have to start being more diligent about setting up my time and now now that that you know the kids are older it's really not an issue it's the four-legged kids I got to deal with <laughs> <laughs> but overall everybody's you know good with um with the setting of boundaries and I really do appreciate you saying that because I think we sometimes lose focus on that and boundaries are meant to protect us and not just physically safe, but mentally safe, because we have to let people know, okay, I'm doing this for my, for myself. I would hope that you pick up on it and would, to do something for yourself. And I won't cross that boundary, you know, cause you're trying to do better for yourself. So back to your clients, have you had a client that would look into doing weightlifting or has have they decided or they're just strictly look that's you and we'll let you have that moment or have you have clients who wanted to go into weightlifting no No? not not yet i i have clients who do uh, like very serious like power lifting routine Mm -hmm. but the olympic weightlifting you know it's like just two exercises very uh, technical um that's pretty specific you'd have to find a club um and and a trainer um and frankly most women who come to me mostly want to start moving at all Mm -hmm. they have been sedentary for a while Mm -hmm. um 
and they know that they need to strength train they know that they need muscle mm -hmm. but it's really difficult to get started in in midlife if you have never done that um it could be scary or discouraging and then there's tons and tons of workout programs out there and mm -hmm. they're all very good but they're not like designed for midlife women that's right. that's the thing that i do for my clients to make sure that they start at the point where they are right now. Mm -hmm. And if you have been sedentary for a long time, um, you just you can't just go and do push-ups, for right. example. You you want to progress to towards that very gently. Mm -hmm. Um and, and and that's the most important part of my work actually to to make it possible for a woman at any stage in her life or any situation of her body to to start working out, um, not getting hurt, not getting right. discouraged. Or as many, many women told me who were, took a trainer in the gym, for example, mm -hmm. um, and I had never realized this until I, I worked with clients. When they worked with a personal trainer in the gym, they felt humiliated because right. they were asked to do stuff that they couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And And that's heartbreaking because I know that there's not one personal trainer in the world who wants to humiliate their client. They want to help them get better. Right, right. But when you, you know, like you're young and super fit, you you don't know how a woman in her 40s feels. And right. and I think it's it's difficult to to understand and and realize, you know, where this woman is at. And that's the big that's the big difference when, you know, you work with someone like me. Mm -hmm. because I will tailor it to where you are at and because that is the entry point that's a very crucial point because if right. you if you mess it up at the entry point then you will just turn your back and never come back and that would be really very sad yeah because like for me I've always been active um I haven't um yeah I've always been active in least some way shape or form I used to do running and I don't know what It seemed the older I got, my body is like, I don't think we should be doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and my knees started bothering me. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's my sign to curtail it. Because I had this goal of doing a half marathon. Never did it, but I did at least do a 10K. So I can only say I've done a 10K run. But now I'm like more into doing simple weight training or even um body weight training and that seems to be okay until I tweaked my knee again and I'm just like okay I literally had to start from zero because I had to go into physical therapy because I what had happened was I had strained my ACL oh yeah and I'm just like I've never had any issues but talking with my aunt and she was like oh knee problems run in our family I'm like okay oh. they <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm just like, okay, well, at least now I know. But <laughs> not how I wanted to find out, but at least now I know. But with that being said, I started to par back and started, you know, just thinking, I know I need to work my core muscles. Everybody has to do that. Work on your core because that's your stabilizing, you know. And of course, then legs and then, you know, upper body because women, you know, we're 
we're not strong in our body, but hey, some of us are, some of us aren't. It is what it is. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> I've never been super strong in our body. I know I can do certain things, other things, no. But what I'm saying is that I know what my, my starting point is after my injury. And I know to now start slow because sometimes I, oh, I can do it. Yeah. And that's honestly how I injured myself. I was doing, oh. yeah, I was doing leg presses and I literally jumped from 45 to a hundred pounds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> and I learned and that's how I injured myself. And my husband was like, you can't just jump into something. You have to start small and work your way up or you'll hence get injured. And I was like, I know. And I, and I should have known. I should have known better. But I figured I'm in the gym. I'm in my failings. I'm surrounded by all the, and yeah, I, I just, that literally had to yeah. make me pause and start got, from square one. <laughs> you got carried away. Um, It's quite, understandable because um you know we want things to go fast i think it's probably pretty human it's the same mm. when we want to lose weight uh, even though it took like you know 10 years to put it on we want it to come off in in three weeks right um and then it's, i know leg presses you know it's it <laughs> the machine is asking well you know asking you to put on more weight right um, and that's also a a great situation um when to ask for help mm -hmm. yeah. because sometimes we are not our own best um, counselor when mm -hmm. we think oh I can do it I can do it I'm very grateful because you know I'm I'm training in a club where there's a, a trainer he's looking at us every day and mm -hmm. um, when we try things and they don't work out he's got to be the one who says you know stop here move on right. to the next exercise right and because when we're by ourselves you know, we tend to maybe not even overestimate our ability, but somehow mm. we just, you know, we want to get it done. We want it to be faster. Right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, patience sucks, but yeah. it's, I think it's a competitive advantage, uh, especially when you're not 20 anymore. Right. <laughs> That's true. And I had, I learned, I learned. And so I had to listen to my body and take note like you you're doing good to be in the gym okay you're good to be working out listen to your body and when you know you're in pain don't ignore it because that's what I did and um yeah I I learned now not to do that to absolutely learn to listen to my body so back to your your program can you give us a little bit more insight on what it is and how you do it and how you help your clients reach their goals yeah. Um, the, when it comes to training, it's um, I work basically with movements, not muscles. It sounds mm -hmm. weird because I always say you need muscle and we want to build your muscle. But in order to do that, we don't focus on one muscle like, you know, in the 70s, bicep mm -hmm. curls, 50,000 until you get a big bicep. Right. Um, we focus on movements because I want the training to carry over into everyday life. So you want to be able to roll around with your grandkids on the floor. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to pick up a laundry basket without uh, throwing your back out. Right, you want right. to be able to grab something from above, from the shelf. So, 
I work with basic movements like pushing, pulling, squatting. Squatting is a very natural movement, actually. And so many people don't ever do it anymore. Right. Struggle when sitting down, struggle when coming back up. So we work with these movements. Hinging is another one. And mm -hmm. uh, that's not a very common term. But hinging is just like a hip extension. It's um, when you squeeze your buttocks to stand straighter. And actually, our, our butts are asleep you know when we sit for hours and hours on end so that's a very important one and then core training of course like you mentioned the core mm -hmm. needs to be trained mm -hmm. and you can take these movements and then scale them to any level of skill or strength or experience okay. so you know it could could be that we start with just doing little pelvic tilts on the floor to mm -hmm. start activating those glutes or very shallow squats to make sure that the th that the form is right and that you don't hurt yourself with doing it. If you you know go from work from movements, mm -hmm. um, you can find all kinds of versions, and I'm very creative to find like maybe the easiest version, maybe a little bit harder version, and you can do that for quite some time before using equipment. Mm -hmm. um, and even if you want to put a little bit of load. On the movement, you can work with, I don't know, tomato sauce cans or, you mm -hmm. know, hold a water bottle, whatever it is. So that's the that's the biggest part when it comes to exercises. That's train movements and scale them to the level of, of the client so they are challenging mm -hmm. but not dangerous. Right, um, right. When it comes to the to eating, it's um it's a very specific philosophy which it's got nothing to do with dieting or restricting foods mm -hmm. it's sort of it builds on on the training and we work on you know fueling our body for our training gotcha. and that's a great um that's a great mindset it's so much mm -hmm. easier to stick to when you have a like a positive like a building uh, approach uh, because when you think about not eating something you know right. what are you what, what will you be thinking about all day long? eating it <laughs> <laughs> eating it yes <laughs> absolutely so it's the same we in, in for the eating part we also do some kind of reconnection work mm -hmm. reconnect the brain with the muscles and for the eating we reconnect the brain with the signals that our body sends about satiety, for example, right. because we have food around us 24 seven now and we're grazing so much. Right. We mostly don't even know, are we hungry or not? It's mm -hmm. just, oh, it's 1 p.m. Let's have lunch. Am I hungry? I don't know. Right. And we work on that, getting sort of back to these basic feelings of, of hunger and satiety and then also knowing when you've had enough. Because right. your body does send signals, mm -hmm. um, but they, they they get drowned in the in the noise of our constant constant eating and the constant onslaught of of food being you know proposed and and served, um, and that works pretty well. And it's great because when you have this inbuilt sensitivity to when you've had enough, mm -hmm. you can you can go wherever you want, eat wherever you want, and whatever mm -hmm. you want. Because when you know. You know, I've had enough. You, you, you can't overeat, and right. and that's a skill too, and, and and you can train that. Yes, I think what I've been what I've been doing in the last few years, 
I, there's certain restaurants my husband and I go to, and we know that the portions are going to be large. So normally what I will do is when my food comes out, I'll ask for a to-go box immediately because I already know that I'm not going to sit here and eat all this, these portions um, just because it's in front of me. So if I automatically get the habit of cutting it in half or however, put it in the to-go box and then I can eat what's in front of me and that's a smaller portion, I'm fine. Um, but there are times when emotional eating comes into play it's like I'm eating because I'm just I'm not feeling good today mentally I'm just not here and then I find myself eating or the opposite is like I don't feel like eating and I'm just I'm not hungry and sometimes I have to make myself eat and that's happened you know because sometimes stress happens it's like I don't feel like doing anything that that leads to food to lead me to eating food so I don't eat um, I'm pretty sure you've talked to people that had those issues as well. So, but yeah, I just make, get in the habit. If I do order a large meal or whatever, cut it in half. So that way it doesn't tempt me to try to eat the whole yeah. thing. And that's, that's such a smart move. It's uh, do it before you even start eating, tell them to bring out half and, and let, leave the other half in, in the to-go box. Mm-hmm. Because when it's on your plate and you, you know, you start eating then it's very hard to stop your brain from wanting more because, mm-hmm. you know, we're these age old animals and we've been struggling with starvation for most of our human history. So it's mm-hmm. still programmed in here that there's food now better eat it all because we don't know if there's going to be more food tomorrow, which right. just isn't the case case anymore. Right. So that's really great to not even tempt your brain and tell them, you know, bring out half and put the other half away and I'll take it home with me. That's yeah. more economical too. Oh yeah. And then I'll have lunch the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I just, I'm getting to that point now, uh, especially dealing with, um, with menopause, perimenopause. It's like, I know what my body is capable of doing and what it's not. And I'm not going to beat myself up about it anymore. And I'm okay with that. I mean, it's, it's not easy because I look at myself and I look at, what do they say? Don't ever compare yourself to other people, which is true. Try not to compare. But if you see something on the socials and you're like, wow, that's a cute dress. Will I be able to fit in it? That's a cute pair of pants. Those are cute. You know, you just get that visual. How do you curtail that with yourself and also your clients? Because I have made uh, strength such a sort of, value of virtue in in my whole system mm-hmm. um i could look at i could actually look at someone wearing a, a pair of cool pants look at their legs and say oh my god she can't even squat 10 kilos because there's no <laughs> muscle on that leg um and it's it's interesting because with the functionality and 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 uh, and the feeling of of strength mm-hmm. um your aesthetics your 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 change too i i really um don't find like stick legs or stick arms um like very beautiful anymore or i remember mm-hmm. because i have strong strong muscular arms and i've always um had rather strong arms and i was forever jealous of women with these like tiny beautiful like like grace kelly style right. slim arms and i thought can i have this i want this um, and 
it's certainly beautiful, but today it's um, I'm just grateful for what my arms can do and what mm-hmm. they can lift. Right. Um, so that has changed for me and for my clients. It's mostly fitting into clothes that they didn't fit in before, you know, right. that they had been looking at for years before they then took action. And then when they can wear those again, then they're just very happy. So they're comparing themselves to their former selves right. um, and not to to people on 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 social i also i don't know if i'm if if i see that wrong but mm-hmm. so many especially fitness influencers and, and women mm-hmm. um they all have breast implants yes majority of them yes 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 <laughs> and and i find that so sad mm-hmm. because you know you know getting breast implants is not an easy no. sort of quick operations you have to go through so much pain and and hassle and to want to go through that in order to look a certain way i i find that heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because what goes what goes on in your mind how do you relate to your body when you're ready and willing to to take that on uh in order to look a certain way Um, i i find that um yeah quite quite distressing actually mm-hmm. um and it, yeah and it gives a wrong image probably mm-hmm. or maybe used to give a, a, a skewed image of you know what their bodies naturally look like but then on the other hand I've, everybody's in on the on the story so you know you can tell um when you have this super slim body with huge breasts that there's right. you know this this has been manipulated and the only thing that worries me about that is for young girls who maybe right. get influenced by that and think that they have to look like this. And that's something I would love to have in our culture that like physical strength is is a value and, and a goal that we teach girls to, you know, from the very beginning. Like it's like it's cool to be right. strong. Yeah. It's cool to be able to do things with your body, not so much what it looks like, but what mm-hmm. it can do. What it can because do. it's much more fun too. Yeah. I, I and it's interesting you say that because I remember joking with some friends and I've always been insecure about my body. I I've, I've come to the point now. I'm I love my body. I love what it did. I had three beautiful children and it it made me think, you know what, the superficial stuff is just that superficial. And I always had this running joke with my friends. I said, if I didn't get a boob job by the time I was 50, it's not going to happen. It never happened. <laughs> <laughs> never happened. And I'm okay with that. And a lot of it now is because I appreciate my body more. I am very thankful of the things I was able to do with this body and still can do with it. And as time progresses and things fade in and out of my life, like wanting to be a runner and um, just all that, I know that phase of my life is over and that's okay. Moving on to the next thing. All I want to do now is just make sure that I'm healthy. I eat what an eight. I very, <laughs> I always believe in the 80, 20 rule with everything Absolutely. in life, especially yes. and especially with food, because I'm not going to deny myself. And if I want a piece of cake, more or less pie, I like pie more than cake. But if I'm going to have a piece of 
pie, I'm going to have a piece of pie. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and hang out on it every day, but it's a treat to me. It's a reward. I did good at work today. I'm going to have a slice of pie. And that's how I see it. It's like a reward for me. Um, but I know that it can be turned into something ugly if I find myself in a negative place. You know, if I'm not feeling my best or I had a crappy day at work, I'm going to probably sit there and eat the whole pie and then sit there and get mad at myself because I ate the whole pie. And then now I have a whole pie that's gone. <laughs> I mean, it's it's what we do to ourselves, you know, yes. to compensate of yeah. what we were supposed to be doing and just be good about monitoring our food. But yeah, I, I totally get that. And it is distressing sometimes seeing the images um, I try not to get caught up in the images. I, I've learned to look at people, uh, social as a highlight reel. You know, people are not always living like this. What you're seeing is the top 10 reasons or best things that this happened to them this week, yeah. this month, whatever. And so I don't really take it into, take it into consideration. And I believe that probably has to do with maturity. Age hopefully brings maturity and wisdom. Unfortunately, there's some people that haven't gotten there yet, you know, younger people. And I just, I don't know. I, I, all I can do is say thank you and be grateful for what I have and taking care of it to make sure that it can last me another 30, 40, Lord willing, 50 years. Um, and just be happy and grateful. I think yeah. when we have that attitude of gratitude, I know that's a cliche, but it's true. When you are grateful for who you are, how you became the person that you are in spite of your flaws and everything that's happened, it makes you, to me, a better person. And you acknowledge it and you're thankful. Is that one of the things that you have in practice as well? Absolutely. And it's really beautiful what you said. And I, I actually feel that it's a privilege to be older. Mm -hmm. uh, not everybody gets to to get this far. True. And because of the things that don't, you know, stress you anymore because you're older and you know that they're not that important. I think that's a privilege too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes now when I see, I don't know, you have three kids too. When I see young mom, moms, you know, struggling, putting their kids into their car seats and all, oh, you know, all the, yes. I think, oh my God, I, did I do that? I don't think I would want mm -hmm. to do that anymore. So there's like a time for everything in your life. Mm -hmm. And also what you said about, you know, being at peace with your body, I it's that's a great liberation. And I so hope that this is like this for every woman that mm -hmm. you make peace with your body. You when you're younger, you see all these images like, you know, me with the Grace Kelly arms, whatever mm -hmm. it is, or you want to look like, you know, like certain people. And you know, just being happy with what you have. And for me this was a very important experience mm -hmm. that I wasn't able to walk. Mm -hmm. I saw people, I saw people in the street walking and I thought, Oh my God, you don't know how lucky you are. Mm -hmm. And that's um, without exaggeration, every single day that I get up and I walk around today, mm -hmm. I am grateful for that. Right. And I, I really do think it's a, it's a privilege because, you know, we do not have to uh, run after the small kids anymore and be worried 24 seven. Are they going to do 
something crazy are they going to hurt, hurt yourself you know do you, do you have to you know don't have to strap them into their car seats anymore it's a privilege and it comes of course like everything in life mm -hmm. it comes at a price so you know maybe we're not um i don't know as fresh anymore i mean you look like you're 30s so or i <laughs> but well, thank um, you <laughs> And I think it's it, it's it's also just a natural evolution. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that we have to accept everything when it comes to our aging body. I think we can stay physically strong. Yes. I don't think we can do anything about, you know, sagging skin at some point. It will happen mm -hmm. and it won't be a big deal. Um, joints might become achy at some point, but doesn't mean that you, you know, can't be strong. And um, that's probably the best way also to age, to stay physically strong, because then mm -hmm. you can enjoy so many things. You can enjoy that privileged part of life where you don't have all the responsibilities anymore. Right. Um, but you must be able to partake. And for that, you you know, you know, for that, you want to stay strong. Yeah. You don't want to beat any records. You don't want to do uh, crazy, I don't know what, yoga handstands or whatever some people can do, which is right. quite great feats. But, I mean, if you want to, you can train and you can try. But you do not have to pressure yourself into doing things that are not you or that do not um, correspond to you or that not aligned with you. And I think that's the big, big win when you're older because you know much better what's right, right for you yes. and then you stick with that uh, and and it makes you so much happier than striving for things that probably wouldn't even make you happy if you had them right exactly and the great part about getting older is that like you said it is a privilege and it truly is a privilege and what I appreciate it more now more so than ever is that I can talk with my kids and say hey believe it or not It looks like things are not that great, but trust me, your body will carry you as long as you take care of it. And I have to tell my sons that it's like, you're going to be okay. I, um, my, my oldest, he would, he used to smoke. And I said, look, I understand it's a, it's a way to deal. I said, but sooner or later, you're going to have to quit. And I never pressured your anybody like that, but I think he ended up quitting. Um, but I can understand why he picked it up. His dad smoked. At one point, I did smoke. So, of course, it was around him. But I quit. I don't know if his dad did, but that's neither here nor there. But I just said, you know, you have to take care of your body. And especially now that you have your own children, you want to be around and be able to be fully capable of participating in their life. And I find that now more so than ever, I'm, I can go out with my kids and have fun with them. I can go out with my grandkids and have fun with them and not have to be pushed in a wheelchair or anything like not saying that that's wrong, but you know what I mean? It's like, I'm okay being able to do things with them and I don't take it for granted. You know, I don't. Anytime I look at other people in their situations, I don't take it for granted. And, um, and I thank you for explaining your, you know, your life and how things happen with you and putting things into motion is like take care of yourself regardless of the diagnosis you can still take care of yourself to do better to be able to move and live 
And I think that's the whole point. We still have a life. We still have air in our lungs. We can still see here and all that other stuff. Take advantage of it, but don't take it for granted. So, yeah, right. that's that. That's the fine line you you need to need to walk. Mm-hmm. And it's cool also to have you know when your kids are adults and you can have adult conversations with them. You know, it gets interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's a great gift too. Like you know, when you think, oh my God, these at some point I made these people like physically. Right. You, you know, we are bodybuilders. <laughs> we we built those bodies, and and that's very very rewarding. And yeah, I think like you said, gratitude is probably the key key mm-hmm. to happiness. But probably at any stage in life, but even more when you you know get to um, where I am at now. Yeah, I appreciate that. So now, is there any way um, how we can get a hold of you, Kim, and what are your socials, and um, what do you have coming up in the next few months? So my um, approach is called Fabulous in 15. So that's something that I started in in January, where you can actually get um, in super shape, in just 15 minutes a day that's my big big promise and I make it happen Mm -hmm. 15 minutes of training a day Um, and you can learn more about that by going to my website kimrahir.com and the first thing you want to do there is take the assessment that's on there it's a free health and strength assessment so it's not just about can you do five push-ups but it's a holistic um, questionnaire where you can really find that place that we talked about before where you are at now and then that gives you pointers and where you want to start that's on my website kimrahir.com and you can follow me on facebook also with my name kim rahir and then there i share a bit about my weightlifting and and what i'm up to um, some helpful stuff also um would love for you to come along awesome i appreciate you being here and i love this conversation i definitely would love to have you come back in a future time and just talk more about um, how our health is something we definitely should strive to improve and just, you know, do healthy eating and movement and our muscles getting stronger. It's a great thing to have. And I definitely would like to explore that um, further with you down the line. So with that being said, do you have any other final words, Kim, before we go? I just want to tell anyone who feels especially women that it's like too late for them or that their situation is is too too bad um to just let go of the big picture like situating yourself in this big picture and this long path that you would have to go down in order to feel better and just ask yourself what can i do right now this very moment something that will help me get better and that could be just drink a glass of water go for go for a walk go to bed five minutes earlier anything if you can focus on anything that you can do right now that will start your momentum and you know the big picture in in this case is not helpful it will only scare you if you can do a small thing today maybe right now when you stop listening to this podcast um, that's going to get you just a tiny step ahead but it's a step ahead Awesome. I appreciate that. So with that being said, everyone, um, I definitely would love to have you leave a comment, uh, like, follow the podcast. And also, don't forget this. I want you to be inspired, 
be inspiring, be encouraged, be encouraging. But most of all, I want you to be you, and I'll chat with you all next week. Take care.